Hey, welcome everybody to uh, Two Guys in a Conversation here on 88.1 Catholic Radio. Steve Ferguson, uh, our co-host Brad Moore is out of town and we have uh, some guests tonight. We have our, uh, our associate producer, uh, Brian Atchison, Atch with us tonight. You've heard us uh, talk about Atch many times. But more importantly, we have three Morningside football players uh, who had, you know, just ended a spectacular season. Um, we've got them to talk a little bit about, recap their season. And they're also going on a mission trip to uh, Cuba. And uh, actually, there's a, a group of players going to another another location. I, we're going to learn about that tonight with, from the players. And uh, uh, Morningside is a pretty unique place when you, when you talk about football, you talk about community service, and you talk about academics. And I've learned a lot about it this year. So our guest tonight um, with us, Addison Ross, senior from Carroll, Nicholas Gustav from Germany, um, and Joel Kotzer, Ad Addison's first team all GPAC. H-back for the Morningside team this year. Gustav injured his knee or ankle, ankle, and uh, but still garnered second team all G-pack. And then Joel was a first team all G-pack uh, linebacker and uh, just capped off a spectacular career. Uh, the seniors, Joel, Kotzer, and Addison ended their careers 53-3. and three. And uh, Nicholas, who's a redshirt junior, setting at 43-1. and one. What do you think of those numbers, Edge? Well, winning's fun and losing sucks, and you guys got to really be enjoying your ride here. Congratulations, you seniors going out, back-to-back -back national champs. Drop the mic on that. I just got here. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you guys, I, I saw some video of, uh, of the, Calif or the Colorado trip. So Coach Ryan, I had a chance to go to the banquet, Atch, which was pretty cool. And he showed a little snippets of the, of the Colorado trip. Addison, tell me a little bit about what this Colorado trip was all about this summer. Yeah, so the Colorado trip, it's an annual trip for the seniors on the team. Um, sometimes they take juniors if the senior class is small, but the mission of the trip is we're literally climbing a mountain. So we drive out there 10 hours one day. We're going to wake up the next day. I think we started climbing the mountain at 4 a.m. this year yep. um, in a small town. This year was Pikes Peak. So we started in town, had to walk like a mile or two just to get to the base of the mountain. And then it was about an eight hour journey up the mountain. Um, and we bring every senior. So we had 280 pound defensive tackles up there with us. So it's definitely a team effort. It's a grind. But uh, along the way, we're talking about our motto for the season and uh, just growing as a group and preparing ourselves for fall camp that year. Gustav, I had to ask you, did you ever climb the Alps like that over in Germany or what? I have before, but um, not quite <clears throat> in the duration that we did there, uh, eight hours at a time. It was definitely a different experience, but it was it was a lot of fun. And it, I think it was really special for our senior class to grow together like that and um, enjoy this type of hike together. So, so Joel, I, I heard the story that you guys all completed that and now you're going to do maybe some fun rafting or something. But, oh, by the way, some of you guys decided to do another climb. Joel, tell me about that. What, what's this second climb you guys did? Yeah, so um, the next day, we, everyone was going to go rafting to help uh, build team building. But as an optional thing, you could get up at 3 a.m. and go do the incline, which is, um, I, don't know, I don't know how many thousand feet it goes up straight up, but it's a staircase. It goes up several thousand feet up the side of Pikes Peak. And it was just, it was just, if you wanted to do it and you wanted to see how, how tough you were, you could go do it. And I think all, all three of us did it and a couple more guys and um, two of our coaches got up at three and then you, you climb it as fast as you can. And when you get to the top, you have to run down three miles down the mountain because you have to get back in time for rafting. So did coach Ryan really go on it? 
Yeah, he did. Unbelievable. That's impressive. He was was ticked that it's four people beat him. So it starts at the top there, Atch, with Coach Ryan. Nice. nice. Yeah, I think it was me, Jake, my twin, uh, Ricky, and Bo were the only people that beat Coach Ryan. He passed me right at the end. Very disappointed in myself. That's uh, that absolutely, you know, Atch, say no more. You know, that's there's a certain standard there, as my friend Brad Moore states, that Morningside is the Alabama of the NAIA. And, uh, you know, when you're good and you're at the top, you have to work harder than normal to get, the, you know, stay there. And you've talked about that. So the journey and the climb sometimes is a little bit easier than to maintain. And so now that the challenge, Nicholas, is I'm looking at your overall record. So we're going to count you as part of the senior class next year. He's a redshirt junior. He's 43-1. and one. You've lost one football game at Morningside in your career, and that was to a national champion. Uh, seniors Joel and Addison are 53-3, and three, three losses to national champions. So now the question is, how do, you do, how, how do you do this and maintain this level, Nicholas? How do you maintain that level of intensity going into next year? I mean, no doubt it will, be, it will be a great challenge to maintain the level for the third year in a row. But I think we have a lot of younger guys really stepping up now. They were behind some great leaders for two to three years. And they're just really eager to get out there and prove their own worth in this awesome program. And I think just the culture that was built with Coach Ryan, with all the seniors and before us, um, will really help us carry us over. We're already back in the weight room. And it's looking like we're working extremely hard right now. So I'm, I'm positive that we can be very competitive and that our culture will just... Um, carry us into the next season and then it's up to us it's going to be fun to watch all right each one of you guys had a unique journey to get to morningside uh before we talk about this upcoming mission trip joel how did you get to morningside from ball is it baldwin city kansas baldwin city kansas yeah. yeah tell me about how you got up to morningside um so a guy who was two years ahead of me his name's chad berg um he played at morningside i had never even heard of morningside but when he uh when he graduated high school he came to morningside and came back and was telling about it and how like competitive they were and um, how good they were doing. And then um, our senior year came up and there's actually an NAIA school in in Baldwin called Baker University. And they didn't want to recruit me and my brother. They didn't talk to us. <laughs> that was a little bit of a mishatch. <laughs> and then uh, so we went to we went to a Concordia and Nebraska. They recruited us. So we were up there and it was the day that um, that uh, Morningside played Concordia when we were visiting there. And so during the game, Chad was playing in the game and he was like, like kind of waving to us and like looking at us on the sideline during the game. And then after the game, he uh, brought one of the coaches over and talked to us. And then we went up to visit Morningside and just loved it. So, so. they, so they, uh, they got a little tape on you and then you guys came up to visit, huh? And that's yep. how it worked. Yep. Wow. Isn't that amazing? So Nicholas, Germany. Yes, I, I, tell me, tell me, I know. And by the way, uh, Atch, Nicholas' brother plays outside linebacker for the University of Colorado. So uh, they're both from Germany. So tell us how you made it over here to play football. Well, so um, my brother and I, we both started playing football actually over in Germany. And um, my brother is three years younger than me, so he started a little younger. But um, I was lucky enough that I was able to play for the German national team for a couple of years. And those coaches at the national team were just kind of suggesting to me, maybe you should go try play in America, maybe play high school football and try to get into college and so that was obviously my dream all along to try to get a college scholarship so I went my brother and I actually went to California play high school football I was only able to play for one sure. senior season and yeah, not even a full that, season not a full season but yeah. yeah 
for my senior year. Wow. But um, after that, I was kind of torn. I had some interest from different schools. A lot of the schools were like urging me to go to junior college for a semester just to gather some more tape. Um, but then I somehow got into contact with Coach Luters at Morningside College and um, visited really late in the year or in the process in like April or early May. Yeah. And yeah, I thought I just thought it was the perfect fit. And I honestly never looked back. It just yeah. it worked out great. Well, I'm sure you've added a lot of culture to Morningside in diversity. <laughs> and that's always that's awesome. And that's a great yeah. story. And uh, well, Addison, what about your, well, your journey? I'm going to tell you about Addison. Okay. I heard rumors about him as being a hoops player. So that long before I ever watched him in football, I heard he was a pretty good hoops player. And so we were talking before the show that he had to make a choice. He was a pretty high-level basketball player in the, in the D2 NAI, maybe low D1. He was a 2-3 type player, but very talented. So I, I want to know from Carroll, Iowa, how did you decide to make that call and then go to play football and go to Morningside? Yeah, so – from like third, fourth grade, I was playing club basketball, traveling all around the country. Um, up until my senior year football season, I was uh, I was playing college basketball. That's what I wanted to do. Um, my senior year in football, I just enjoyed it so much. Uh, we went 10 and two. We lost in Sioux City to Bishpeel in two times that year in the regular season and playoffs. So when I'm getting recruited, it was, do I want to go to a bigger school and maybe see playing time? Or do I want to go to a smaller school that has tradition that I know eventually I'll get on the field and we'll have a lot of success. So it came, I joined the Bishop Elon kids, a lot of them can't beat them, join them. So <laughs> made the right choice. That's awesome. Well, you know, Addison as was also a pretty gifted uh, player. He was in the running to be a quarterback um, and, uh, and in, in that race. And then he also punted for the team this year. And then they were able to slide him over and had a great year at the H back. But do you think the fact that you had such a command of the offense this year, Addison, understanding of it. You think that helped Joey Dolan check a little bit with you being the huddle? Oh, uh, yeah. He had a lot of confidence in me. Um, all summer, all spring, we were together a lot. So we were discussing the ins and outs of the offense. Uh, he learned a lot from Trent, too, mm -hmm. last year being the backup, which is very important to him. But having two guys on the field that are kind of thinking like the quarterback, um, Probably definitely. Helped. Yeah, yeah. We thought we might see you and like the Wildcat at the, in the <laughs> down in the inside the tent a few times this year, but you know, Ponder wasn't too bad getting in the inside. <laughs> All right, Joel, tell us about you guys. This Morningside culture is very unique, um, as we talked about academics, performance on the field, and now community service. Tell us about this mission trip that you guys are going on. Um, so actually the Mor Morningside is doing two mission trips. All three of us are going to Cuba and uh, it's a really amazing opportunity. We get to go during spring break. So instead of going down and doing to like Padre or something, we get to go to Cuba for spring break. Um, and we're going with some Wheaton uh, football uh, players and we're going to go um, we're going to go do some community service over there. And um, I believe we're working with the church over there, um, fixing some things up. I believe we're also going to help uh, repair some houses for widows while we're over there. And it's going to be really awesome because we get to help people and see the culture and make a lot of relationships. So we're really excited. So how do you guys get involved in that? You know, uh, Nicholas, how do you get involved in something like that? Um, I think, I think the culture of going on mission trips and just like going on community service trips in general kind of started a couple of years back when we first went to Houston after the hurricane hit mm -hmm. down there mm -hmm. Did some uh, repair work there, and then a group went to Tanzania mm -hmm. um, last summer and helped um, a lot of villages there build some stuff. And I think then, because the interest was so great, Coach Ryan, who is a Wheaton College alum, kind of um, 
probably got the offer from Wheaton College to join them Interesting. in their mission trip. And a lot of us said, oh, yeah, it's definitely something we'd be interested in. And yeah, I think that's kind of okay. So, Addison, you're a senior. You've you've already graduated. Um, thinking about your next stage in life, you know, and you're worrying about doing all that. And now you're going on a mission trip. How, 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 how do you stay involved and want to go on a mission trip as a graduated, already graduated, but still doing that? Tell me about that. Yeah, so the opportunity came up in the fall. Coach Ryan brought it up, and he mentioned um, the options were Cuba and then another country in Africa. And I just jumped at the opportunity. I'm like, I, I have an opportunity to go to, go to Cuba, mm-hmm. which for an That's American cool. person is um, pretty unique. And then he said it was on spring break. So I'm like, oh, well, I don't know if he'll have me. And, of course, I go up to him and ask him. And he's like, oh, yeah, you're more than welcome. We'd love you to go. Um, I'll just keep you involved. So I've been kind of on and off campus throughout meetings and stuff and just trying to stay as involved as I can. But I'm still very excited. Very, very cool. So these guys at have to fundraise it. And I learned about this mission trip just, you know, casually we're talking and they're like, hey, they're going to Cuba. I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. How does that work? Well, you know, and then I heard one of them say they were taking out a personal loan to go. I said, oh, whoa, whoa, really? We need to let people know about it. And, and Coach Ryan's got some fundraisers going out there for these trips. But uh, if any of the listeners out there have any interest in supporting that, I think you could probably contact Morningside uh, and, and Coach Ryan specifically his office. And they have a, some uh, opportunities set up so that people can contribute for that. They do have a fundraiser coming up in Jackson, I think. Uh, you can go out and, and do some shoot some guns and things like that out there if you like doing that kind of stuff. But uh, pretty cool things going on at Morningside Hatch. Uh, academic All-Americans this year, they had five out of the 22 out of one college. They had five first-team academic All-Americans. Um, the number of uh, people there, 4.0, they were talking about that at the banquet. It's just kind of a... Interesting culture going over there at Morningside. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to Two Guys in the Conversation. Steve Ferguson. We're missing our co-host, Brad Moore, uh, who's out of town. But we'd sure like to thank Sterling Computers here at the campus, North Sioux City, for hosting us once again for our show. And Jason Muehlmeyer has been fantastic at setting up our little uh, uh, booth here for us to, to, to share some thoughts. We've got great guests tonight. We've got uh, Joel Kotzer, Addison Ross, and Nicholas Gustav from Morningside Football. And our associate producer, uh, Brian Atchison, Coach Atch, who uh, was the former baseball coach at USD, um, North High in Healing Crusaders, and uh, now has Plaza Bowl uh, in Sioux City and a lot of Fun things happening over there uh, at the bowling alley. Um, Atch, I want to talk a little bit with these guys um, and, and recap their season. Is there anything you'd like to ask them about their season coming off of it? Is there anything as a former uh, athlete at St. Xavier who they played in football, Atch? Um, and, you know, you understand the level of competition commitment. Yeah, I'd say the biggest question I'd have for you is you won it last year, and that was – Man, that had to be awesome. But did you feel like the pressure was back? A lot of seniors, you know, national championship to defend. Was it a different journey the second year this year than it was a year ago when you finally reached that goal? I would definitely say it felt, it felt different because before it was always Morningside was always a team that had always made it deep to playoffs and it never won. So it just felt um, 
just amazing to be there in the national championship and to win. And this year it was like, it was more like, we know we can do it and we know we have a skill to do it again. Now we just have to, we just have to do it. And, but it was, it was that mindset from like the, from minute one, because uh, after the national championship, I went up and hugged my defensive coach and I was like, uh, I was like, this is awesome. He's like, man, I love you. And he's like, you know what? Now I have to do it again. So it was immediate. As soon as we, as soon as we won the national championship last year, we immediately started thinking about how we're going to do it again. Yeah, that's cool stuff. Addison, um, my thoughts um, as a, as a fan, and I had the opportunity to be in Daytona. Uh, it was an exuberation match. Like you, you said, everybody was just ecstatic this year at Grambling. It was almost like a relief. It was almost like there's a sense like, okay, they, you started number one in the country, got every single vote for number one in the country all season through, and then won it. You know, and I, and I talked to some Marion fans after, and they go, gosh, your fans were like not crazy. It's, I said, it's almost like, hey, that was the, that was the bar. And nothing less than that was going to be a successful season. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I definitely agree with some of the things you said. Um, like you said, we had every number one vote all year long. And I guess now that I'm not on the team anymore, I can say that I think we all felt like we were the best team in the country all year long. So every week we came out to prove that. But then specifically in the national championship, we knew Marion was, they were the second best team. Um, we started off really hot and we were kind of disappointed. We were up 21-7 at halftime. I think we should have been up like 28-0. to zero. That push off touchdown. Yeah, we should have been up they scored on a questionable no call right, and right. then we should have punched one in. But then the second half, they came out fighting and... Um, we kept answering, but yeah, at the end, we were just exhausted. Um, yeah. Obviously, still very happy, and it was awesome to do it back to back. It was back. a fantastic game to watch as a fan. It was like two prize fighters. One would score, the other would respond, and, and uh, pretty amazing. Tell me about the difference between Daytona and Grambling. What was that experience like between both places? Um, well, I think for us, the biggest difference was um, when we went to Daytona, it was just uh, – Everything was kind of new to us. Like it was just like this amazing journey that we none, none of us has ever done before. So um, being by the ocean stuff was obviously nice. But um, coming into Grambling, I thought University of Grambling did a really amazing job hosting us. The hospitality was really second to none there, and you could really kind of feel the tradition and the the pride of the Grambling um, community. And I think. That was really enjoyable for us as a team. We were we were hosted really well and the stadium was awesome. And so I would say both very positive experiences, even if they're a little different. Very cool. Very cool. Well, it sure was a great way to end it, guys. And we wish you well on your on your Cuba trip. And and uh, now let's focus on the, the the big game coming up. Joel, are you as big a Kansas City fan as your dad? Um, he's probably a little bigger. I used to be, I'm still a big fan, but I'm probably not, I don't keep up as much as I should because during the football season, I have to watch so much film for, for Morningside and for playing football, but I don't get to watch as much professional football as I like, but I'm definitely excited that Chiefs have, are in the Super Bowl. I've been a long suffering fan, so it feels good to, so to finally make it. I don't it. have to ask you then who you <laughs> think or who you want to win, but why will the Chiefs as a, as a, as a bass, as a football person why will the chiefs beat the 49ers tell me how they're going to beat them <laughs> man um i think the way they're going to have to beat them is they're going to have to they're going to have to find some way to stop the 49ers run game they have an amazing o-line they're going to have to be able, have to find an answer to that and then the the chiefs offense just to show up they can't get down early 
like they have these past two games. They've been able to fight out of it, but they can't they can't do it this time. It's a Super Bowl. And I think their offense has to be as dynamic as as we all know they can be. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Nicholas, are you you watch NFL football? I do. So who who, who do you like in this big game? Um, to be honest, I might have to disagree with Joe here a little bit. I think uh, I do like the 49ers in this matchup. They they just played amazing defense all year long. And I think uh, the old saying, um, defense wins championships, does hold true to a certain degree. So I think it will be hard for KC to uh, get their offense firing as a as they usually do early on. And um, that run game for the 49ers will be a tough challenge for the KC defense to defend. Yeah. Addison. Would you know going into the game and looking at some of the players and, and maybe the position that you played? Would you call yourself the George Kittle of the NAIA? <laughs> that would be about the highest honor I could get right now, especially as a big Iowa Hawkeye fan. There you um, go, go Hawks! Yeah, he's starting to become a superstar in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's almost a household name at this point, and he deserves it. First team All Pro this year, uh, broke the tight end receiving record last year. He's a great run blocker. He's so fun to watch. Um, I think he'll be a key piece in the game. I think it'll come down to Jimmy G for the Niners. Um, we know they can run the ball. We know Mahomes is going to put up points for the Chiefs, but he, Jimmy G is going to have to make some big throws on third down. And uh, if they can convert, a lot of them probably will be to Kittle. I think they'll win. Okay, so we got two 49ers, one's Casey. All right, Atch. What's the line on the game, match? Well, if I were a betting man, it, I would think it's one, one and a half. The Chiefs are favored by, but and the over-under is 52 and a half. Oh. If I were a betting man, I where I'd probably want to set the lines. But you know, what's going to be really interesting, and I think the fellas brought it up, is how that defensive and offensive line that has dominated for San Francisco gonna equate to Kansas City. Now, Kansas City has been vulnerable for the run all year long. And there hasn't been any bigger dominance since the 70s with what San Francisco has done in the first two rounds of the playoffs, which is run, 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 different schemes and throw the ball literally eight times last game and just was a high school game. We don't have to throw the ball, so we're not going to throw the ball at the NFL playoffs level. So it's going to be interesting to see if they don't, Kansas City does not get them out of that, they're great at it. That game's over. But if Kansas City punches them in the mouth a few times and gets ahead, then we'll see. But Jimmy G and Kittles, and they're pretty dynamic if need be. So it's going to be an exciting game. Who knows? So you're not picking anybody? Well, uh, Kansas City's four hours away from here. And, boy, I'd really like to see the Chiefs and Andy Reid. You know, he's earned it. Yeah. Let's see what happens. George Kittles, you know, I'm a Hawk fan too, but. You know, I got to give the nod to Kansas City. Uh, you know, I've thought about this game a lot, and uh, Mahomes is uh, is one of the absolute greatest players to watch in our modern area right now. And it's great for the NFL to have these young superstars like that with Kittle and Mahomes and Jimmy G. And but I think about San Francisco, and I think about number one, their defense. They have a very that's what's changed their their culture was their defense and the pickups they have. And I think if they have the ability to slow down. Kansas City a little bit, which I think they're going to be able to. Kansas City, I don't think will be able to run on them. And they have enough speed. I think they'll be able to contain Mahomes. Um, Then, conversely, I think Kansas City will probably load up and try to stop the run. But I think Garofalo is a very capable quarterback with enough, I think, um, weapons that 
I, I think it tilts in favor of San Francisco as long as turnovers don't come into the game. And I, I just look at it from that perspective. I think t- San Francisco has a bit more balance both offensively and defensively. I think Kansas City is more offense um, heavy, but you know it's going to be very interesting. And uh, it's going it, to it, I'm going to I'm going to put my hat on San Francisco. But man, is it tough to bet against Pat Mahomes. That dude is, uh, he might throw two left-handed touchdown passes. He's pretty special. But it's going to be a fun one. At um, Big Ten Hoops, uh, let's wrap our show up talking a little Big Ten Hoops. These guys probably don't care, but in our show, we talk, uh, you know, our, our co-host Brad Moore is a big Cornhusker fan, and I'm an Iowa Hawkeye fan. And um, our Iowa Hawkeyes, and, and, and Atch is a Hawkeye fan, we've been pretty impressed with our Hawkeye basketball team when you say Atch. They're fun to watch. You know, they're they're exciting. For the first time in a long time, I think we've got a little more diverse athlete Mm -hmm. uh, with the Hawkeyes. And uh, some of these point cards just have a tremendous burst. And we're seeing guys get open and guys playing harder. And uh, it's just an exciting brand of basketball to watch over the last 30 years to see Iowa play this way. But I do see we've got Maryland next. Followed by an Illinois team ranked, followed by Purdue. So Big Ten every night. There's no there's no letups. Well, we talked a lot about this, you and I, uh, and 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 Brad, but really Atch and I have talked a lot because we're big Hawkeye fans. What Iowa has been missing over these last few years is what we call an asphalt player. A kid that is from the tough part of playing growing up basketball, where you go to the playground, there's 50 people waiting to play, and you lose your setting for two hours. And that's where toughness is developed. And Joe Toussaint uh, from the Bronx is a difference maker for Iowa right now. He's arguably the fastest player of the big town at the ball. But he's got a certain level of toughness and that inner city game. That's And, and as long as his decision-making continues to be uh, at, at, at where it's at, they just get better. And, and his plus-minus in the game of Wisconsin tonight, Edge, 16. 16, that's big. And that's the new analytics that we like in basketball. What's your plus minus? So in other words, when you're on the floor, guys, how many more points did your team get versus the other? And, and you can talk all about, I had 46% threes. I had all, it's all about what happened when your team's on the floor. Now, I think basketball, that's one of the greatest stats there is. Would you agree, Edge? You know, it really is, you know, your plus minus is what you stand by and what you live with. And that's what you really, when you talk about wins and losses, you just want to know how did you contribute to win what did you take away that we lost? And uh, when you look at hanging your hat on those team stats, then you know you got something. Because it really didn't matter, gentlemen, how many tackles you had, how many receptions you had. It only mattered that you went back to back. And that's the most important thing. 30 years from now, when you get together, that's what you're. That's why you're getting together. Right. And if teams recognize that, bingo. What a, what a great summary there, Atch. Brad and I started our first show of the season talking about Morningside football. And the question I asked him was, can Morningside win with defense? Because, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know what kind of offense you were going to have, if you were going to be a, more run the ball, more RPO. We, we didn't know these things at the time. And, um, and as it came down to the season, the two critical games, at the end of the games, the defense had to make plays. Even though there was a, the score, they had to make plays, and they made plays. So ultimately, the, the answer to that question was, you guys reloaded offensively, but ultimately defense for Morningside 
was able to pull those la- those critical games, the semifinal national game, off by making plays at the end. And like you said, Hatch, stats don't matter. The W is all that's what it's all about. Well, guys, we appreciate you coming out and joining us on our show. Brian, thanks for being here and uh, and your great input. Uh, we'll get Brad back on next week, and uh, we'll help everybody enjoy listening to two guys in a conversation. <laughs>